But as I was saying, the Lord right now has really been, um, um, he really, really wants to stretch out our tent pegs. And some of us were like, you know, kicking, screaming, no, Lord, I don't want to stretch. I don't want to grow. I just want to stay here. I'm in my comfort zone. Um, can we just stay here a little longer, you know, <laughs> asking Jesus because we don't want to move, right? And the Lord's like, no, I've got ground for you to take. I've got things, uh, greater things for you to have. And and um, what stops us every single time, this is why he's coming in our dreams with torment. This is why he's showing up in different areas of our life, because he's trying to bring fear upon us. And, um, and the Lord just kept talking to me about this, um, how the enemy tries to cause us to believe in fear when God is trying to help us grow in faith and completely trusting in him. Um, many of us have different forms of fear. Fear doesn't look like a scary movie on a, you know that you see <laughs> that's not always a form of fear how the enemy comes um the fear of failure is one of them i don't want to do it because what if i fail god i failed 15 million times before and what if i step out again god and i trust and i fail at it again that's a huge one for people uh fear of disappointment I'm, fear, I'm fearful because if I step out again, God, I'm going to deal with disappointment, disappointment with people around me, disappointment in myself. These are just a few things God was just showing me, even through the process of prayer, you know, me and the Lord. Fear of hurt. How many of you guys have been through hurt before and you're, fear, you're in fear that people will hurt you again? This, see, this is a process the enemy will take us in our minds, okay? Um Fear of heights, fear of flying. How about fear of love? The Lord was just dropping this to me, the fear of love, loving people and letting people love you. You know that there's people that feel that way even right now as we're speaking? But we have to trust in the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean in your own understanding. Let's just kind of break this up for a moment. With all your heart is where we want to start. And some of us are afraid to give God all of our heart because you, because you haven't yet to understand how much he loves you and would never forsake you. That's what Peter was singing about. He's like, you don't understand how much he loves you, that there's somebody there still loving you, no matter the mistakes, no matter the failures, no matter the things that we go through in our everyday life of decision-making, he's still standing there with his arms stretched out, ready to love you. <clears throat> we go on to the next verse, and it says, it says, roboshi, do not lean on your own understanding. Our own understanding is not going to be lined up with the heavens all the time. Our, under, our own understanding of our mind is going to be things that we grew up to know. My parents weren't saved. They didn't know the Lord. They went to church, but they didn't know the Lord in an in a, uh, in intimate way. We were talking about the garden and, and the intimacy with the Lord. My parents believed there, there was a God. They, they, they sold that into me, but they didn't understand the intimacy with the Lord. So when they taught me the things of God, it didn't come from that perspective. It didn't come with walking hand in hand with him in the garden and letting him come and, and uh, strip you of things in the process. 
And let me tell you, when you begin to die to yourself, it's a hard process to go through. <laughs> it's like you want to hold on to all those things that you've known to be, and you don't want to let them go. And you're like, God, Lord, I don't, I don't want to let this little thing go. It's, it's, it's so crazy because um, we've, it's become part of us. And it's not even a thing God has, has wanted you to walk in and walk through. It's, it's been the enemy that's put that there for you. So in that process of walking with the Lord and really understanding, lean not into your own understanding, I had to come and I had to begin to, to tell myself and talk to the Lord and say, God, help me understand. Help me see things the way that you see things and not the way I was taught or I was brought up, but begin to show me your ways of the heavens. Begin to sh give me understanding and the very thing you're speaking to me right now. And so we begin to do that. Broken hearts are God, is God's specialty. I've heard time and time again of people carrying this fear that I'm so broken that God won't have me. And I think that's such a deception and such a lie from the, from the enemy because broken hearts are his specialty. And Psalms 147.3, it says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. It doesn't matter how broken you are. It doesn't matter how wounded you are. When you bring that to the Lord, he comes and he mends it and he binds it and he heals the wounds for you. So even fear in that cannot hold you back. <coughs> One thing also that, um, that he was showing me was not leaning on your understanding is we have to give him control over our life. That's a huge thing because some of us have control issues. That's something we were taught growing up. You've got, you've got to do this. You've got to do that. It's got to look this way. It's got to be that way. And we have not learned to give it all to him. And you're like, oh, no, you know, I give God everything. Then why do you still grow weary and tired and worry and with burdens? Because if you gave it to him and gave him full control, then you wouldn't have worries and burdens anymore in your life. You would leave it at the altar and walk away. I'm, just, I'm very transparent with people, you know. This is stuff that even God is working through me. God's speaking to me. So it's not just for everybody here or everybody watching. It's like God is, is taking us through this process right now, but we have the opportunity to say yes to him. Or we can stay where we're at and not receive his goodness in the process of his growing and him building us up. 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. <clears throat> that sound mind, it really stuck out to me. Even last night as I was going over that. I was like, Lord, because there, there's this, um, I was sitting there and I was like, God, what does really sound mind even mean? Like, I understand the love. I understand the power. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Um, I know Apostle Pete talked about the fearless ones last week. And so I, I processed all that and I was like, but the sound mind, the sound mind is what gives you the power of even power with the Lord and of his love. The first part, the Greek word of the sound mind is sarso, 
which means to be saved or delivered. It also means to be rescued, revived, protected, safe, and secure. The second part of it <laughs> is peronio is the idea of a person's intelligence. It refers to the logic and the emotions of every part of your human mind. This is where the struggle comes in. This is where you're like back and forth, tossed to and fro. And this is where you have the, the problems even with yourself sometimes. When those two words come together, they form sopranio, which means a revived mind, a rescued and delivered mind, protected and safe. Holy Spirit right now is really trying to rescue us from our fear and that it's, it's, it's all created in our mind. Our mind is where the fear starts and where the fear happens. He, he has no other way but here. This is the battleground right here, like some people say. The fear is not real, but it feels real because we tend to believe what the fear is coming through. In our mind, we begin to agree with the fear. We begin to, when that fear shows up in our mind, we're like, oh, maybe it's really true. Maybe this is really happening. And so you have to begin to... Um, kind of separate those things and the Lord's going to teach us through Holy Spirit like that's not me I don't give you fear I give you uh, I give you and then we'll go back again to that verse in 2 Timothy I don't give you a spirit of fear but of power and of love and a sound mind a sound mind and I sat there and just meditating on those words last night and I was like God that's right it's a process in our mind where we have to get to the, to, the, to the sound of heaven, to the sound of what God's speaking to us right now, and not to the sound of the lies and the fear the enemy's trying to put inside of us. The word of God begins to break us from that assignment of the fear because the word of God brings truth, and the truth of God sets us free. So if we're not coming in with the word of God to wash our minds and spending time in the garden in intimacy with the Holy Spirit, you know, a lot of the times in that process with the word and the spirit, the Lord is trying to take hold of our emotions, our crazy thoughts. We're being stretched in our walk for greater faith in that process. He's trying to come in, and he's trying to crush the enemy's lies with his word, his, his truth. And then he's trying, to, he's trying to have you feel in the presence of intimacy the realness of who he is. Because when he, when he went to be with his father, he said, I leave you Holy Spirit. That's the power right there. I leave you Holy Spirit. Through Holy Spirit, we're able to feel his love. Through Holy Spirit, we're able to feel his presence. And then we can begin to move in, in power because his word comes in. And when we read his word, it X out all the lies with the truth of who he is. That's why they say the word of God is the sword because it comes in and it begins to chop off all those things in our mindset that brings in fear that stops you from your purpose and your destiny of who you're called to be. Roboshanabashiti. Some of us have even said, am I losing my mind? 
Have I lost my mind in my decision making? How can this possibly be God? That's the enemy. That's not the Lord. Your spirit has to begin to be louder than your mind. Your spirit has to begin to be louder than your mind. Your mind will drive you to think things and to think things that aren't even true, that aren't even there, and you convince yourself that it's truth when it's not. So then you have to go to the word and father filter it and say, God, is this you or is this me? So you got to go through the process. But some of us, what happens is we're already weary. We're already tired. Boom, the lie comes in. The fear comes in of us stepping out in faith. And then we're like, well, I guess it must be true. Did you father filter it? Did you take it to the word of God? Because he doesn't say that about you. He doesn't instill fear upon us. You will serve me or this and this will happen to you. No, he comes in the form of love and says, I want to love on you. I want to make you whole. I want to heal you. I want to break off that process of fear that you grew up in. When I was a kid, I had my mom, she would tell me every single time I wanted to go do something, something horrible was going to happen to me. This is the problem. I'm just being transparent here about my own life (laughs) and how my mom was with me. I want to go this weekend to the beach with my family. Oh, well, you're going to drown, and then you'll die. (laughs) I'm like, what? (laughs) And so I I went through this process as a kid, my mom telling me all these things. Well, I want to go and get on a roller coaster. Well, you never know. The roller coaster can break, and you're going to fall and hurt yourself. You know, she would go through this process. She worked at a hospital, so she saw all these horrible things. And so her process and her way that she filtered things was through what she saw. And a lot of the times, that's what we do. We filter things to what we're seeing in the natural. And God is trying to get us to grow in the spirit. And we don't know how to break it off where we stop that form of thinking and the fear comes in. And then we never step out in faith to do what he asked asked us to do. I would speak to myself as a kid. And I was like, I'm not going to because I had fear. My mom would tell me crazy things, and I had this fear. And I was like, man, if I do this, man, something bad's going to happen to me. And so I had to learn, coming with the Lord, how to father filter it. I had to say, when those thoughts would come in, I I would literally hear my mom's voice sometimes say things like, if you go do this, this is going to (laughs) happen. And I would go through the process, and I was like, you know, a lot of it was our culture and how we grew up. And, And I would have to hear the voice, and I would say, no. That's not you, Lord. I can't be afraid. I cannot let fear control me that I'm not going to step out in faith with you to do what you're asking me to do. Ruboshi tarabashati. I wanted to share about a time that I had because um, this is the best way I could describe it to you. I was, I don't know, 30-something years old, my life, for the most part, was very consistent. Everything stayed the same all my life. I lived in the same house. My parents were married for God. They've been married now. I mean, my mom's gone to be with the Lord, but they've been married for like 60-something years together. So I had a lot of consistency in my life. It wasn't like I came from an inconsistent life. So <laughs> here is God telling me, pack up your things, Move your whole entire family to another area you've never been to. You don't know what your house is going to look like. You don't know what's going to be there when you get there. 
But I want you to listen to me, and I want you to pack your things and get ready to move. And this is the first time the Lord has really asked me to really uh, move out in big faith with him. <laughs> I call it big faith. That's what I call it. <laughs> and so I was like, <laughs> Lord, are you serious? My son's a senior. He's going to graduate. He has lots of opportunities of just, just crazy. I mean, he, was, he had so much favor with his teachers and everybody. And I was like, and the Lord's like, just trust me. Just trust me. You need to go. You need to pack. You know, I had word after word after word. You know, like some of those, uh, some of you guys are in here and you have prophetic word after prophetic word after prophetic word. And you're like, God, why haven't you done this? Why haven't you done that? The prophetic words you've spoken to me. He's waiting on us, not us waiting on him. He really is. And so I had to agree with what he was telling me. Was I fearful? Yes. I'm driving in the dead of the night, in the dark of Alabama. And in Alabama, there are no street lights. There are two street highways, one going one way, one coming this way. And it is pitch black dark. And I'm driving in my vehicle with my kids, all our stuff, everything we owned is in this truck. And I'm just like, and the whole time the devil is mad. And he's sitting there and he's telling me the whole time, you're crazy. What do you think you're doing? You're leaving all your family. You're leaving your church family. Everything that you've known is now no longer there. You're going to a house. You don't know how the neighborhood is. You don't know how the school's going to be. You don't know nothing. You're crazy. Turn the truck around and go back home. And I was so scared. I'm just going to be transparent. I was so scared that my body began to shake. You know, like when a kid gets scared and they're like trembling and they're like shaking. This is the kind of fear that I felt. And I literally wanted, I mean, everything on my flesh, everything inside of me wanted to turn that truck around. I was like, I will turn this truck around right now. And I started crying out to God. And I said, God, I said, you know, God, if you really want me to turn around this truck, I'll turn it around right now. I have no problem going back. Even though I was almost to my destination, why would the enemy come right as I'm about to get to my destination? I was like 30 minutes from my destination, and the enemy wanted to show up. And I was like, oh, you lying devil. You want to show up 30 minutes before my destination because you're scared of what, you're gonna, what God's going to do. And I started praying, and I, so, I mean, I was in tears crying to God. And I said, God... If you want me to turn around, I'll turn around. But I know that what you said you were going to do, you're going to do. And I cannot be fearful of what I don't know and what I don't understand. I have to move in faith with your spirit that you're going to do it. So, I, so as I'm sitting there, I told the Lord, you have to show up right now. You have to show up right now. I need to have some kind of sign from you that you're here with me and my family for me to keep driving this truck forward. I need more. And he listened and he answered. And I sat there and I literally, I felt the shift in my truck come. And I felt the fear that the enemy wanted to put on me. And I began to feel the fear of the Lord. And all of a sudden I'm looking out my window and I began to see this gigantic, gigantic transformer, like the Transformer movie. And it was huge. And it was like 
like nothing but metal and it was big. And I remember looking up at that thing and I couldn't even see its face or its head. And I remember turning around and looking and I, I was so scared of the fear of the Lord because I knew the Lord had sent this angel. So I, I went down as deep as I could in my seat and I'm like trying to crawl in and I'm trying to hide from this thing because I don't want it to see me, but I know it's from God. I know it's from God, and I know it's the fear of the Lord that is with this thing that's coming next to my truck. And every time my truck would go forward, here comes this big old angel marching forward and marching forward with us. And I said, I just began to weep and to cry because all of a sudden I felt the love of God, and I felt the presence of the Lord. And when I, when I took, turned my face like this and I turned back, I began to see these bronze legs, very muscular legs on this angel. And all of a sudden, I saw the white gown and, and the golden sash. And all of a sudden, I saw the, 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 the crown on its head and the fire that came from his head. And, all, and it was huge. It's like I couldn't see. I could only see the top of him by my spirit. I couldn't see it in the natural with an open vision. I saw some of it, but there was parts I didn't get to see with an open eye because it was just so huge and big. And the Lord began, Holy Spirit began to whisper to me. And Holy Spirit said, I'm with you. Do not be afraid. And when Holy Spirit said that to me, it wrecked me. And I said, okay. I'm in this thing. I don't understand it. I don't know where I'm going to live at. I hadn't even seen my house. I said, but whatever it is you have for me there, I want to go get it. And I don't want to let fear be the very thing that stops me from stepping into the fullness of what you have for my life. And so I kept driving. And I'm going to tell you what. There were so many things that we did in that one year that I never thought I would do. There was places I went to that I never thought I would go to. Experiences that I had with the Lord that were powerful and amazing. It didn't even look like what I thought it was going to look like. I thought, oh, we're going to plug into this church and we're going to be like builders of a church and, and we're going to do this and that. This, these are my thoughts. This is the mind, right? <laughs> and the Lord did something so much different than I ever could thought, uh, than I ever thought or could expect from him. And I had the time of my life that year. Was it a growing process? Because, see, I no longer had family anymore. I had to trust in the Lord with all my heart, not leaning on my understanding. When we didn't have groceries, I'm just being transparent. Somebody would show up with a box of groceries at my door. When I didn't have a, when my car broke down and I couldn't go pick up my kids, somebody came, picked up my car, said, don't worry about it. I just feel I'm supposed to do this. They fixed my car, brought it back, dropped it off to me, and enough time to go get my son from school. You see, this is the way that God wants to walk with us, faith. Faith is a powerful thing. I'm telling you, people, of the old days, they could not do what they did with the great revivals and the great fires and the great tent camps and the great power of God that showed up. They couldn't have done it without stepping out in faith. It didn't mean it was easy. It didn't mean that there wasn't hardship. But I'm telling you, perseverance came upon them supernaturally that pushed them further than their own limits. 
Let me tell you, faith will pull you and push you past your limits. You know, we think it's just like an exercise when you're working out and God's like, go past your limit. You know, keep, it's going to burn. It's going to burn. Sometimes we have to apply those things to God. You've got to keep burning for Jesus. It's got to be the burn inside of you that drives you in faith to do what he's asking you to do. And fear can no longer control you anymore. I was with the, this, this, this minister one time, and he, he's, he's got a big name. He's had like hundreds of resurrections happen. And I'm sitting there, and, and, and we're having a lunch with him. See, this is one of the things that occurred in my walking out in faith to go where I needed to go. See how, all, how he puts all these great things together for you? And it looks, it's so much bigger than you could ever think of. And he planted me there, and I remember talking to this minister, and I said, you know, there was a time where somebody was dead in a coffin in front of me, and I felt like I wanted to get up and pray for resurrection over this person. And I was like, the whole time on my way to the funeral home, I was like, this person died before their time. I just want to get up, and I want to speak resurrection over them. And as soon as I got there, this fear came upon me. This gripping fear came upon me. And I couldn't push through it. And I was like, Lord, what is this thing? I don't understand this type of fear. Like, how does this even happen? What, what do you do in this process? So I asked this gentleman. I said, because he had had like hundreds of resurrections happen in front of his face. And I asked him, I said, when that time came, fear came upon me. What happens in the process with you? And he told me, fear is always going to show up. But you cannot bow down to fear. And when he said that, it was like something came from his spirit to mine. Like there was an impartation and hit my belly so hard that I began to weep and to cry. Because I was like, God, you're so real. And I don't understand why we keep bowing down to fear when it is not you who gives us the fear. It is always the enemy who gives us the fear. And we become afraid, and we shake in our boots, and God's like, why are you fearing something that I've already had dominion over? He's already had the victory over the enemy, which gives us the victory over the enemy for us to not bow down to him any longer. But we keep doing it. We keep chaining ourselves up. We chain ourselves up in our call. You know that God was talking to me this morning about the call? He's like, each one of you have a call. There's a call that God's been stirring up inside of you. There's a call he's been pulling you in. But it's up to us to respond to that call. If we don't respond, we're going to stay where we're staying. And we're going to go through some things that God never meant for us to go through. But he's saying, I'm calling you out. I'm calling you out. Just as Peter was saying, I'm calling you out into the waves. Peter didn't know last night that I couldn't sleep. And I put on this instrumental sound of waves last night. <laughs> because the, the Lord doesn't want us to be tossed to and fro anymore. Look what it says in this scripture here. I actually looked it up because the Lord began to speak to me about it during worship. Ephesians 4.14. Then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and 
forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. He doesn't want you to be tossed to and fro anymore. He wants you to stand on the rock. I've been seeing the rock again and again and again because he is the rock of your salvation. Nothing can shake you. Nothing can move you when you stand on the rock of the Lord. Nothing can change your mind because God doesn't change his mind. We change our minds and we convince ourselves and God's like, nope, that's not what I said. That's not what I said. I had this dream the other night and I'll just share the parts that I feel the Lord has released me to release it on. But I had a dream that I was... (coughs) in my old house in Alabama. And I began to ask the Lord about this dream last night as I was putting this together. And the whole thing was never about the house. It was never about where I was located at. It was where I was at in my spirit. Because at that time, I was walking by faith with the Lord in such deepness of faith with him that every single decision, every left and right turn that I made was solely dependent on him. And the Lord, the Lord was reminding me of that. He was reminding me of every single time he showed up for us because he's faithful, but he wants us to grow in our faith. So I had this dream that I was there, and this house I had there was a pretty big house and had a lot of acres in the back and big trees. And all of a sudden, there's a baseball field in my backyard in my dream. And I started asking the Lord, I said, God, like, why was there a baseball field in the back of my house? And we were, we were cleaning it up. We were like, I, my son was cutting the grass. I was cleaning around the baseball field. I wanted to look so nice and so pretty. And I was just asking the Lord, like, what did that even mean? And he says, well, remember the field of dreams? He says, it's time to prepare the field for the dreams of the people to come in again. Because many people haven't been able to dream anymore. They haven't. And the very thing the enemy is attacking, the tormenting of the dreams, is the very thing God's trying to do inside of us right now. Because he wants us to dream again with him. And I started thinking about this. (laughs) And it happened at my house. See, the house always represents the house of the Lord. This is the house of the Lord. He wants dreams to come alive again. To us to be faith walkers and to walk out the dreams that he's given us. See, our dreams are not our own dreams. They're his dreams. See, even when no one else can see the vision that God has given you, and when you're weary and you're tired and you want to stop, when fear tries to step in and tell you something different, you have to still be dreamers. Every general had to dream. They had to have a vision from the Lord. And they were so driven and stuck to that vision and stuck to that dream of the Lord to see thousands saved. Reinhard Bonnke, if you hear him minister, he will tell you himself, 
I brought in this man from thousands of miles away to preach. And it wasn't even him who, who preached that night. That man had to leave and go back home. And he's like, God, I brought this man. It didn't happen like I thought it was going to happen. And the Lord says, no, but you're there. How about you go out and you minister to the thousands or the hundreds that are there, and you go out and you walk in faith. And Reinhard Bonnke, this was in the beginning of his ministry. We look at Reinhard Bonnke at his end of his ministry, and there were thousands and thousands of people that were saved and brought to the Lord. But that's not how he started. How he started was he had to listen to the voice of God. And God, it didn't make sense. They had a seasoned minister there, and God doesn't allow it to happen. He sends Reinhard Bonnke out to minister to the people. And he's telling the Lord, God, you know, I, I've never brought healing to people. I've never done this. I've never done that. And the Lord's like, but I've chosen you. I chose you. I didn't choose the other guy. I chose you. And he moved out in faith, and he walked out that night not knowing what he was going to say or what he was going to do. But he moved out in faith and said whatever God told him to say. And people got saved, and people got healed, and people got touched. And whatever God needed to do in that place, he just agreed with heaven, and it came about on the earth. Let's go here for a moment to Hebrews 11. See, it's going to take faith this season. It's going to take some faith for us to begin to step out and no longer fear, no longer being afraid. We just thank you, God. We just thank you, Lord, for your faithfulness, Lord. It's called the great examples of faith. Faith shows the reality. We're starting in verse 1. Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation by faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed by God's, at God's command. And what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. See, we're so busy looking at everything in the natural. But everything happened in the spirit. And by agreeing with the spirit of Holy Spirit saying and the heavens saying, this is how this happened. It was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God that, than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was the righteous man, and God shows his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. It was by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. 
It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his people from the flood. And he obeyed God who warned him about things that had never happened before. Rain, what was rain, right? Rain didn't exist in those days. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world. And he received the righteousness that comes by faith. Jesus comes, dies on the cross, made us righteous. Now we're the righteous ones. So now we have every opportunity to crush the head of the serpent and the enemy that constantly comes lies and deceives us to begin to walk in faith with him in a greater magnitude, in a greater way. Let's just stand right now. You know, something that really encourages me, it's like in Hebrews 12:1. therefore, since we are surrounded by such a cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that easily entangles, and let us run persever perseverance the race marked out for us. We can't expect... Great thing we can't expect to do great things for the Lord if we're not willing to step out in faith at times and trust Him completely. It's never gonna make sense in the natural. That's where the battle comes. That's where you're getting tossed to and fro. And you're like, was it God? Wasn't it God? Did he lie? Did he not lie? He's not a liar, he's faithful. And now it's gonna be cut off today. That thing that you've been struggling with, that thing, you don't even know how many people come up to me and say, well, you know, as soon as I decided to do this for the Lord, this happened. As soon as I decided to say yes to God, this happened. Well, the devil's a liar. And he keeps trying to lie to you because he's afraid of you becoming, stepping out in faith of who you were always created to be, a powerful people who moved in love, God, and that you have a sound mind, that your mind is not a battle anymore, but the sound mind of heaven, the thoughts of heaven, the thinking of heaven begins to get switched out with your own natural thoughts, your own concepts of process. And God right now is going to X all that out and cleanse that mindset so you can get the mindset of heaven. Let's just pray. God, I just thank you, Lord. God, I thank you this morning because you're moving us from fear to faith, God. God, I pray that you strip off our mindsets, God. What we've been taught in times past, Lord. Our mind and the way we think, God. I pray that you align our thoughts with heaven this morning, God. God, I pray that you create dreamers with heaven again, God. Dreaming and walking by faith with Holy Spirit again, God. <laughs> God, I pray for the supernatural strength, God that you're giving every person in here this morning, God, even those that are watching, God. We were never meant to be tossed to and fro, God, but we were meant to be roboshanadabashati. We were always called to be pioneers and trailblazers, God. 
We were always called to be pioneers and trailblazers, God, to change the world, to bring transformation to a nation, to bring transformation to the body of Christ, God. And I pray, God, that every person in here would begin to feel I pray that they answer your call this morning, God. I pray that when they hear you call, God, in the midnight hour, when they hear you call them when they're asleep, God, when they hear you call them, God, when they're in their prayer time, when they hear you call you, when they hear the call, God, something in their belly is going to leap, God. Something in their belly is going to awaken this morning, God. And they're not going to have no choice but to say yes, God. Say yes to the walking out in faith. Say yes to the growth process, God, that you have for every person, God. And that fear would no longer control them anymore, God. Fear of man be broken now. Fear of man be broken now. <laughs> Give us the sound mind of heaven, God. The sound mind of heaven, God. Where we think like heaven. Our thoughts are from heaven, God. And that we move in the great love of heaven, Lord. The greatest love of sacrifice that you did for each and every one of us, God. That we would begin to walk in that love, God. And that we walk in power, God. Because we are the fearless ones, God. We are the fearless ones, God. Some of you need to say it out loud right now. I'm a fearless one, God. I'm a fearless one, God. <laughs> Nothing's going to stop me, God. Nothing's going to stop me this season, Lord. You have a voice, and your voice has power. Oh, let him feel the shaking and the awaking this morning, God. Oh, that their spirit would awaken to the things you have for them, Lord. We pray for purpose and destiny to be birthed this morning from their bellies, Lord. Those that are watching, God, oh, we pray for the birthing of their purpose and their destiny this morning, God. Oh, we pray for the birthing to come, Lord. <laughs> You've got great things. <laughs> You've got great a great future for your children, Lord. And we just begin to agree with it this morning. In Jesus' name. Can we give Jesus a hand? Can we give him a, an excitement this morning? <laughs> of worshiping him this morning?